You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 73, covering Pen Pals and Q-Who, recorded live at the Emerald City Comic Con. That's you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, friends. Hey, how's it going? Is my, I, uh, oh, there we go. Okay, is this thing on? I keep wanting to do the, uh, the communicator thing, but that's just, uh, yeah. Would you stop that? There'll be time for that later, Matt. Will there? No, I don't. Yes. Okay, I'm done now. All right, then. All right. Uh, we see a couple of people we don't actually recognize, which is fantastic. Yeah, um, that's... If you are not familiar with us, we do a podcast about Star Trek, which may be the geekiest sentence I've ever said, but it's, it's early in the weekend, we... so I may top that. Yeah, we'll stand by that. Uh, you are here to see us reviewing two episodes from season two of Star Trek The Next Generation, yep. which are what I We forget. got Pen Pals and we got Q Who. One of them was really good, one of them was really shitty. Hey, guess who got the really shitty one? Get- <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell the good people about Pen Pals, well, Let's Matt. talk about Pen Pals. Using the complicated measure of reading off of a thing. <laughs> okay. The curtain has, has been peeled, Matt. Yes. <laughs> they know our secrets. We read. Oh, God. All right. The Enterprise is examining some system where all the planets are falling apart or something. While Picard is desperately against all odds just trying to ride his goddamn horse. <laughs> For five goddamn minutes without some asshole tell- calling him from upstairs. Upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Just when he gets on the horse, Picard is called away from his horse to go upstairs. <laughs> and Data receives a transmission from a little girl, which he answers because his giant, incredibly advanced positronic brain has completely forgotten all about the Federation's please don't talk to racists who have never heard of us policy. <laughs> Data and the little girl, Sergerinka, talk back and forth, and Data learns that her planet is one of the ones that is scheduled for demolition to make way for a new hyperspace bypass. <laughs> and he comes clean to Picard about what he's been doing. Picard's a little cheesed off, but after some discussion, decides that he can't really leave a race of people to die. What follows is more and more of Data digging himself into a deeper and deeper hole. Dig up, stupid. As he he first responds to Sardana, attempts to tell her that the Enterprise crew is fixing things, and when that doesn't work, first beams down to find her, and then returns her to the planet, or to the Enterprise, because she is frightened. Sardinia is revealed to be a really unpleasant-looking alien with third-degree burns and a bad case of salad fingers. <laughs> the Enterprise crew eventually, eventually fixes the planet's problem, and Data has Sardinia's brain wiped so that she can never remember her space adventures, although he makes sure to leave behind a copy of Chicago Gangster of the 1920s <laughs> as a final middle finger to the Prime Directive. Oh, and also there's some really, actually really interesting stuff that Wesley gets up to, but uh, whoops, out of time. <laughs> So I think I can probably figure out your good thing and your bad thing, but why don't you okay, specifically so tell us? My good thing, Picard has this absolutely great reaction when Data finally comes clean to him. It's like he could spend hours and hours just, why the hell did you do that? We have a whole thing, you've read it. But he just, he instead cuts, to, cuts straight to, okay, well, let's figure out how to fix this. It's really just nice character development. No, it was very Picard, too. It was yeah. very, like, while... He's terrible with children. He is kind of a good dad in a weird way. And yeah. it's like, 
well, okay, I'm disappointed in you, but now let's, you know. But let's, how can we get together to fix this? Yes, exactly. Have you paid for the broken window? <laughs> Do you need to mow lawns? Do I need to go to this planet's dad and apologize, or can you handle this on your own? Hello, Mr. Schmerfer. <laughs> <laughs> That's the strange thing. We never saw anyone else on this planet. No, there's it's, this one girl entire, living on this planet all by herself. There's a there's a, a volcano and just horrible ruin, and they're about to, to die. And she literally lives next to a <laughs> volcano. She obviously has the whole planet to herself. There is no possible reason she needs to live by the volcano. No. And like, there's the rent part, can't be that good. The, 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 there's this part where Data opens the door by touching it, and it just vanishes. And there's just a fucking volcano right there. <laughs> Not a bad effect, actually. No. But uh, yeah. bad neighborhood. But <laughs> anyway, and my other good thing is at the end of the episode, uh, gets a uh, is given a Andorian singing brick thing that basically uh, when you hold it, it sings a different song for whoever it's, you. It was like it's like a sci-fi mood ring. Yeah, exactly. And she goes to Data. Well, what happens if you put, hold it? And he goes, I doesn't work because I'm not. I don't have a soul. Yeah, it was it was a nice moment because there is this it was sitting in sick bay, which made no yeah no the the no singing rock storage facility obviously in sick bay where the sick people are yes but it was and I thought oh this is stupid this is dumb and then it actually turned into something really cool because yeah. of exactly what you said there's that I love that nice sad data thing where it's like he's really cool and we all love him everybody loves data even people who don't like Star Trek like data yep. you know he's the cute android I spent the first half of season two defending him against a woman who has been dead for twenty years. <laughs> As is my understanding. <laughs> well, she must be dead. I mean, well, right. She was like 500 when they recorded obviously. that episode. He's talking about Dr. Pulaski, for those of you who don't follow the show. <laughs> His arch enemy. <laughs> um, no, but, but it's, I love those little sad moments yeah, where it's no, like, it's, I really want to be... It's, it's totally the opposite of Spock. Well, I really want to be human, but I can't be, and that makes me sad. <laughs> no, it was really sweet. It was like, this doesn't sing me. for me. <laughs> well, a thing to happen. <laughs> None of that, you. Ugh. Okay, and my bad thing turned off. <laughs> okay, Data's acting completely out of character for this episode. Like, yeah. if anyone, anyone in the series is going to hook up with a small child on another planet, it's not going to be him because it's fucking wired into his brain to not do that. <laughs> Plus, the, the, the directive that they're supposed to be observing is, you know, Don't, the, the prime one. Yeah, the big the one. Number one on the list. Even if he got bored and wandered off. Yeah, like, like it. Should have read the first directive. It's like right maybe. over the three laws of robotics, which he also apparently has. But, <laughs> and like, it would make more sense for any, like, if Worf started calling her, just, hey, how's it going down there? <laughs> now, I don't know, those of you who listened to our show saw a couple of weeks ago, the, the cover art was Worf picking up an old school <laughs> phone. That's what came to mind when you said Worf called her. <laughs> It wouldn't be pen pals, it would be like a... Hello, little, little girl. girl. Yeah. It, of course it would be little girl. Can I show you my bat left? <laughs> there is no honor in living by a volcano. Oh my god, you have the creepiest fingers. <laughs> Alright, let's talk about that. What, what, the fingers, what they, the hell, man? Oh my god. There's they didn't part, bother me. She hands, she is like, holds Data's hand or something, and they go like this friggin' long. And just... Yeah, but something we've complained about over the course, and it'll happen more because I think they were a little more imaginative early on, uh-huh. is the, the alien design. Is when they just oh we'll just throw a little you know thing it's and and sometimes you'll even see people at, like at cons like this oh well I don't have time for a good Star Trek uh, costume so I'll be now an alien I'm from Voyager because they no effort whatsoever just the, is that a pimple are you an alien I don't know but 
I, they, they give her weird. I no, I appre- you know. look. I appreciate the fact that they're trying to science fiction her up a bit. Yeah, I'm not saying that doesn't make her less unpleasant. Plus, as a child, they can't. I, don't, I think there's like labor laws and stuff, and they can't really give them like they can't spend a lot of time putting makeup on them, so oh, they have to do God. simple stuff. Oh, no, I I was having nightmares where this hand would just like. <laughs> <laughs> I never exp- I, I assumed doing this show we would learn a lot about Star Trek and maybe about ourselves but I've learned more about Matt's weird psychoses yep. <laughs> as we go through he hates old people old and children people, and children, now long fingers long fingers um, the devil <laughs> oh you're gonna love season was it season three devils do oh yeah <laughs> hey the devil's here oh good. of course she is Hello, excuse me the- I think you mean the rollicker <laughs> sorry that's a joke for that guy there and no one else. Yep. <laughs> also, uh, also, Brian, you've worn a red shirt to a Star Trek show. If you live through this, I will be shocked. <laughs> yeah, but it's not a Star Trek show. No, that's, that's different. I wasn't gauche enough to wear a Trek shirt to my Trek show. <laughs> I'm dressed for Gangster Planet, Oh, so we're covered. <laughs> now let's see you try to drive. <laughs> Damn it. Um, did I have anything else to bitch about? Oh, surely. Now, I'm, I was reading up on Memory Alpha before, uh, last night. Because hang on, hang I on. Known. I didn't read this. Let me guess. Gene ruined it. No, actually. Gene did not ruin it. No. Um, what's her name? Melinda Snodgrass, the, <laughs> the, name the comes, Willy Wonka character. Every time she comes up, you're just like, hee, hee, hee. Matt, that's a real human name. I don't care. All right. You shouldn't have taken the wrong gum. No, um, <laughs> no we got a bluebird for a producer. <laughs> No, I, I was reading it, this thing, and she's all like, she wrote the teleplay for the episode, and her whole thing was like, well, what if Data contacted this little girl, and it was a whole th- magical thing where they bonded and, you know, reaching out across planetary distances. I th- really thought it was a good choice for that character. And I thought, so you don't know the character. No. All then. <laughs> all right. No, no, that's, that's fine. I, I get where she's coming from. It just, that does not work for me at, oh, sorry. at all. Trying to be trying to be discreet. No, there no, that's that's the, good. Yeah. Nothing says discreet like banging on the microphone. <laughs> I keep thinking it's a communicator. I'm telling you. Um, thanks. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, um, I I just feel like that like that character of anyone is not going to do the thing that they. I, were I talking agree, about. but I, I think she's probably going for like a Frankenstein vibe, like the little girl. Oh, so and, the, and then the, he know. tears her head, the little girl's head off, and throws her into a volcano. Well, That's how Frankenstein went, right? I don't know. Check the monster guy. I never read the book. It was long. <laughs> we, wrote, we wrote about Frankenstein's, right? We did write about book. Frankenstein's, yes. Buy our book, by the way. Yeah, please. <laughs> For sale now. I, well, when we're finished here. Yeah. <laughs> our we, tables ha- we, we didn't bring any, did we? No, awesome. of course Awesome, good we choice. Yeah. Um... So for me, my, my good thing, surprisingly, Matt, Matt briefly hinted at this, for the third time this season... I'm praising Wesley. Yeah. These are the kind of stories that they should be giving him more of. Not, I'm the king of all children. <laughs> but the junior officer struggling to learn new things. Yeah. Um, the, the whole subplot was Wesley was given uh, his first command. They, they put him in charge of an away mission. And it wasn't a huge deal. It wasn't like a life or death thing. But they put him in charge of these three officers who were older than him and outranked him. And he's the one in charge. He's got to make all the decisions and everything. And it was legitimately a cool way to, to get into the, the character who's a junior ensign. He's just started. And it's, it's the kind of stories they should be doing with him instead of rolling his eyes and saying adults and making a talking Captain Picard <laughs> box. To keep him company. You're my best friend, Wesley. You're my good friend, Wesley. 
No, it was it was legitimately good. And I again, I can't believe season two. He's really come together, yeah, and I, I haven't hated him quite a nearly bit. as much. No, that outfit he has uh, still though. Uh, it accentuates his package just perfectly. <laughs> Well, that and it's not done and it's up coming up at the back. It's still undone. It wasn't just in that one episode. I sw- just... like. I swear to God, someone just came up behind him, grabbed the pants, and just whoops. <laughs> <laughs> it must be for easy wedgie access. I guess because it, I assume you can just grab. I know. assume this is how Worf greets him every morning. Morning, Ensign. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's it's really great. And Wesley actually has some trouble because he is kind. I, we talked about this before. It's nice when they don't make him perfect. Yeah. When he's not just great at everything, when he's sort of... We, we've all known this. We probably all like this. We're nerds. It's, he's book smart, but he's not great with people. Yeah. And putting him in a command situation was an interesting dynamic to see how's he going to handle these people. Are they going to walk all over? And they do it first. Yeah, I love They totally take advantage of him. A couple of Starfleet guys just like, oh, you know, we don't really We don't need to listen. To You're that, a child. Don't, don't. Dude, yeah. we're fucking working for Wesley this week. We don't have to do shit. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a substitute teacher. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but then Wesley rightly... Just Wesley at the back room. Who threw that airplane? <laughs> <laughs> but then Wesley rightly goes to Riker, uh-huh. which is the way... Don't go to the captain, for God's sake. Not to deal with people. Can't you go to Riker. I don't know what to do. Oh, of course you don't. Just yell at them, because they have to listen to you. Oh, no, they don't have I'm to listen to you. I'm trying to ride my horse. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he go, instead he goes to Riker, and he's like, Bill, they won't listen to me. <laughs> What, what do I do? I, come here, son. Let me, let me put my leg up and explain. Hang on. Let me tell you how this works. Let me tell you how the world works. No, it was, it was a cool, and I kind of like the surrogate father yeah. Riker thing. Like, he makes a better parent for Wesley than, than Beverly does, yeah. I think. Yeah, well. And it's very nice. <laughs> he didn't leave for a year, I, so. This is true. And you'd think he would. Yeah. Uh, and my bad thing is um, I, this, the same thing, the data thing. The, the, he's so totally out of character. And the thing is, I like this kind of Star Trek episode. I like the Prime Directive is a cool idea. If you're going to do a sci-fi show about meeting different planets, it's cool that you need to address, we don't want to influence them, we don't want to change them, we need to stay out of it unless they're up to our level. And I like that. I've always liked that idea. And I like when they explore weird little angles of it. Well, what if they're going to die? Should we break it then? Is it okay now? Or you know, like I love the ethical. Have you seen how many volcanoes they have down there? We might should do something. Maybe they only have the one volcano. That's the I thing. mean, we only saw the one part of the planet. We only know that, Captain. Our volcano radar is going off the charts here. <laughs> the whole planet is volcanoes. I, I don't know, but um, I, I do like that kind of episode. But not when Data is the catalyst. When he has to, when you have to completely bend a character that should be so easy to write, yeah. so far out of character to make this work, it's not worth it's it. Just, it's just, it would be a fine script if they just gave it to a different character. Jordy. Yeah, Jordy would work perfectly because he has no friends on the Enterprise. He's oh, finally, sad I can talk and... to a girl on the. You're how old? Oh. Oh, this is going to be. Trouble. Oh my God, I'm going to prison again. <laughs> they are going to capture me. Oh my. <laughs> They just told him he was in prison and then took a very way his visor. Oh. <laughs> they do Thanks, not like people. the blind jokes. <laughs> that's it for me. <laughs> See, that's the thing doing this in a, in a canned podcast, doing this from the safety of our submarine. We don't know how you guys are going to react to this stuff. We're like, oh, well, they'll probably laugh at that. Now we know. No yeah. more, no more blind not, jokes. Do not mess with LeVar Burton. <laughs> well, I mean, lo- no, just Jordy. Okay. Different, different. Oh, so we can mock Reading Rainbow then? Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. That's fine. No? <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about the horse thing a bit, though, because... You this the is, fuck out of that horse. This is definitely the season where 
pick where we really get the Picard is into something new every yeah, week. Yeah, like what, last week we had the archaeology thing, which, which is, is the, awesome that stuck. And, and I guess cool. the horse thing does too, because what's the one where he goes back for his saddle? Oh yeah, that's Die Hard on a spaceship oh, where he goes right. back. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> was that that was one oh no that wasn't one oh one oh one oh no. No, 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 no. This okay. is like season six or seven. Yeah, no, but, there's uh, this one where they're going to sterilize the ship or something. But, um, and Picard has to go get his saddle because apparently they're using saddle destroying rays. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, you know, it's his horse thing. Apparently he rides a horse sometimes. Well, and it pays off nicely in generations. Say what you will about generations, but at least I thought they kind of pulled that horse thing from out of nowhere. They did for Kirk. Mm-hmm. But at least we know Picard is actually well, into horses. But. Ron Moore was riding at that point, and he realized that if they're going to have Shatner be in a movie, they're gonna dem- they're gonna dem- he's going to demand that he be put on a horse. And he's going to want to cook eggs for his some leg Because his legs don't work anymore. <laughs> well, and this was like uh, almost 20 years ago, too. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's that's, got a That's good planning. Him. So let's just turn him into a centaur, and he doesn't need legs. <laughs> We're all set. William Centaur? <laughs> How is that boo-worthy? I like this better when we're not live. I'm trying to find the court stenographer. Take note of the first awful portmanteau of the show, please. Um, no, but the, I, I thought the whole horse thing was going to be a gimmick because he was on his horse and then he kept being called away. Yep. And I thought, oh, well, we can't afford to see him riding the horse, obviously. They're just going to have him in a stable right. and sort of green screen and something else. But no, he actually took a ride for no, a while, No, apparently they wanted to use their... Their horse budget. Their horse budget. The thing is, if you don't use your horse budget each year, they take it yeah, away they, the next you don't year. Get you have to, to justify it. to carry over. They had been planning yeah. to end the series with just a giant horse fight. Right. <laughs> and then that didn't work, so they had to invent the Borg. And, yeah, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, the fuck was I talking about? The horse Borg. The horse Borg, yes. The Horg. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, there's no, no coming back from that. <laughs> no, so I was checking, and they they actually apparently decided to spend the entirety of their outdoor filming budget on this one, just so we could have Picard reenact that Dennis Moore scene from Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> well, those holodeck people really need lupins. <laughs> This was, uh, all in all, I mean, there were some good ideas here, but not, not it, the yeah, best. When, when we write volume two of our episode guide, this will be, should you watch it? No. no. I, can, I can tell that already. But um, I, this is one of the few times when I would actually like to see, would have liked to have seen them expand on the Wesley thing. I, figured, I feel like that could have made a full episode. And see, this is why we do this, because there's a lot of things we just sort of assume, and actually having to go back and watch each one, uh-huh. I never would have imagined we would have said something like, I sure wish they would give Wesley Crusher more to yeah, do. Yeah, no, uh, that would be great. We, here we are. I would watch him do stuff all day. <laughs> sure. Wow. I, I honestly, I think we should pay special attention when Beverly comes back next year. I'm curious if we like the character more because he's less of a mama's boy because she's not around. Or, like, when she comes back, is he going to be kind of insufferable again? Uh, I, that's That would be an interesting thing to keep yeah. an eye on, I think. Uh, any any further thoughts? Get ready, this is my catchphrase. I think that's it for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Have a bottom, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, your quote? Oh, yeah. Uh, my quote is, uh, after Data has brought a child to the Picard's bridge, and we get the great uh, Picard just turning straight to Riker, there's a small child on my bridge, Bill. <laughs> get it off. Move it. Oh, my God, look at its fingers. It's It's, it's very much like... Oh, God, there's a spider. Kill it. God, I can't. Just kill it. Here, let me roll up a newspaper for you, Bill. <laughs> um, they end up with this small child on the ship, and they have to, they have to discreetly beam it back to the planet, uh, and Data takes it down to O'Brien, who does this. 
Well, Brian, take a nap. You didn't see any of this. You're not involved. Right, sir. I'll just be standing over here dozing off. Fuck, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you don't edit this show. You, it happens as if by magic yeah. to you always. Yeah, no, and now I can so. just flat out... Now there's just a different guy doing it, but it's, it's still just... You don't have to do it. Let anything. there be sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about that, that quote, I loved it too. Uh, yeah. Brian, as always, had one line. Best totally guy in the it. episode. Yeah, more likable every time. But when we watched it the first, you know, we watch these together and we were talking a lot, making jokes and crap. Mm. And sometimes I miss the setup. I originally thought he was being sarcastic. Oh, yeah. I saw Riker come in, take over the controls, Just, and O'Brien say, oh, well, I'll be here in the corner. All right, well, if anyone needs me, yeah. I'm going to be over here not doing anything. And I thought he was like, you know, fuck you, that's my job. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize that it was an entirely different context. That it's, makes him way better. I was also going to follow this up, but there was a big gap of dialogue I didn't want to deal with uh, where he shoves, uh, where he shoves, uh, bleh. He shoves Riker out of the way and just, uh, hey, oh, sir, I've suddenly woken up. Let me fix this for you. <laughs> Very nice. All right, so now on to mine, yes. which is Q-Who. Um, so we'll just, we'll just roll right into this. Uh, we begin in engineering where we're introduced to Sonia Gomez, a bright young spaz fresh from the academy, who's as adorable as she is eager to please. Uh, between this chick, the forthcoming Lieutenant Barkley, and, of course, Jordy, I'd love that engineering is full of socially awkward brainiacs. <laughs> oh, and don't think that I'm grading on a curve here just because Ensign Gomez is a woman. She orders a full mug of hot chocolate while she's on duty, then proceeds to spill its contents all over a hapless Picard, who just happened to be slipping on a banana peel toward two guys carrying a giant pane of glass. <laughs> she is definitely a full-grade spaz. <laughs> I'd be content spending an entire episode with Gomez, honestly. She is adorable. But apparently we have bigger fish to fry. That is to say, the full fishy lips that are attached to Q. <laughs> Seriously, have you seen John... Del- like the- Remember Michael Keaton Captain- as Batman, and he put on the thing, and he was like... Captain Kukov. He's like ready to... Ca- yeah, Q, totally full lips. Full yes. If, we, if you lips. take anything away from all of this, it's that. <laughs> uh, who finally gets the opportunity to strut his stuff in a good episode. Mm-hmm. It's weird that we're uh, like a year and a half into this and we finally get our first yeah. good Q episode. Uh, Q whisks Picard away to a shuttlecraft, and those of you who heard our recap of Times Squared last week will recall that this was supposed to be just a direct continuation of those events. Uh, Q wants to join the Enterprise crew because he's one of those guys who seem like he's being sarcastic even when he's not. Nobody believes him. <laughs> also, Guinan doesn't trust him, and they make weird claw gestures. What, what is like, yeah. I swear to God, I thought they were going to have a wizard's duel. Thanks for killing my joke, Matt. <laughs> they make weird claw gestures at each other for a while to prove that the feeling is mutual. Matt and I were both quite disappointed that a wizard's duel did not follow. It's awesome when the jokes are right here. I can take them right out of your mouth. <laughs> uh, Picard adopts the typical Roddenberry and we're ready for anything because we're uh-huh. humans and humans are great posture and uh, tells him to fuck off. Q is sick of that crap as we are, tells the future man to shut up the best way he knows how by throwing him to a far corner of the galaxy where they encounter an imposing cube ship full of creepy robot zombies. Yes, this is the first appearance of the Borg. But I think everyone forgets that since it's overshadowed by Q and, of course, the aforementioned Sonia Gomez, who everyone remembers and loves, obviously. Yes. <laughs> the Borg bests the Enterprise at every turn, beaming aboard to steal their precious secrets, adapting to their phaser frequencies, and designing a weapon that drains the ship's shields. Picard ends up having to beg Q to send them home before things get worse, uttering the phrase, I need you, Q, and sending a generation of slash fic minded audiophiles to their recording devices. <laughs> Q sends the ship home, and we end up with the ominous promise that the Borg, now aware the Federation exists, will be coming soon. And yeah, we've heard that promise before. I'm looking at you creepy bug aliens from Conspiracy. 
But this is a threat that will be delivered on, to the extent that, according to our resident Voyager expert, Irish Gav, we will wish we never did. <laughs> but for now, let's just sit back and enjoy the first original next-gen villain that doesn't crouch or use laser whips. Well, not yet, anyway. Uh, so clearly you missed out on Encounter at Laser Whips. <laughs> I, well, see, this is what you're the you're the show's historian, obviously. Apparently, and joke because no one else would do it. In fact, why didn't I call you Will Wheaton earlier? Oh I God, just don't there. don't say stuff you can't take back. That's right. I'm sorry. If you want, we can just go get him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to roll right into my good thing. Uh, as in so many more of my favorite Trek episodes, there is a lot going on here. It's weird to think that Q's third appearance also introduced one of the series' greatest threats. It reminds me a lot of the Tholian web and the way that it sort of layers and manages to escalate the danger as things continue. It's just, there's so much going on. I seriously, prepping for this, we did a little more prep than usual because it's a live show or in front of people. We want to, you know, we want it to be a little more polished than usual. And I watched this episode probably five times in the past week, and I'm not sick of it yet. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. It's got everything in it that makes Star Trek good, and it's fun, and it's it's got badass stuff, and it's just it's fucking fantastic. Yeah, some of us got pen pals. <laughs> How many times did you watch pen pals, Matt? <laughs> um, and uh, my bad thing, well, what was the point of setting up Sonia Gomez for so long? I mean, we get her for like two full acts of the story, and then she yeah. kind of comes back later. Uh, it was nice to contrast her wide-eyed optimism with the gruesome stuff that happens, but they gave her a name, and they gave her a sliver of backstory, which is more than... Half the characters on the show have at this point. They got us attached, and then she just wandered away. Yeah. Oh, but I, but I read, apparently she became head of the Starfleet Engineering Corps in the Expanded Universe. Because, of course, she did. <laughs> I can just see Peter David latching up. Oh, her! She's that, got she's a, got a name. name. Let's Done. Easy. Yeah, exactly. No, I just, I, I can't overemphasize that. So with all the stuff going on, with all the cues back, and the Warg back, and a lot of just great action and great drama... They just, I love that they had this sort of no-name, en- well, I mean, she had a name, but this, this ensign uh-huh. who just got there, and she's so eager to please, and that just, the show needed more of that. Yeah. They needed to give the, the lesser guys a face and a little time, and I wish we could have spent more time with her. I, I mean, I would have assumed if she hadn't been in a thousand books that, like, you know, she would be dead by the end of the episode. Well, just the thing, give you're, a- you're very familiar with the expanded universe, yeah. so you assume if you see this name in every third book that yeah. she must be a big deal. And No, no I mean, I you give know. me a new character with a name, and I assume it's going to be the wedding right before the Romulans attack. Right, like, obviously. One of these people is not living through the end. <laughs> That's a good point. I also sort of expected her to be assimilated because that, that would have been a nice. Well, they weren't doing that at that point. Well, well, but there's a point where they cut through the ship yeah. and take like three decks or whatever, and it's like 18 people. Yeah, they just take them, and it would have been kind of. <laughs> we cool. own these guys now. Yeah, <laughs> but it would have been cool if she'd have been one of them. Get yeah. us attached and then break our hearts. Yep, that would have been good. Just cut to a shot of her in engineering. Yeah, big laser comes down. Jordy's right there. Fuck, I can write this. No. <laughs> But you have the added advantage of not having Gene Roddenberry to Gene Roddenberry it up. Oh, uh, we can't have. Can we them. take this conflict out? Look, we don't like that. Can we? Can now we you've all got be a nice? scene here where people are sad. Now in the future, people aren't going to be sad when other people die. <laughs> Those of you joining us for I the first time, I wish I was kidding about that. That was no. a big point last week. Those of you joining us for the first time, I am sad to say. We are not big fans of Mr. Roddenberry. We love Star Trek. We, we enjoy the hell out of this. But everything he touches, he just wants to make bad. This isn't boring enough. Can we boring it up a bit more, please? His, his, his uh, key thing is there shouldn't be any conflict. Everyone has evolved beyond conflict in the future. We don't need it. Everyone gets along now. You do realize that an essential point of drama yeah. is for conflict That's to happen. That's a beautiful idea. It doesn't really work well for you know a television no, series. No, I'd love to live my life like that. Yeah. But, well, no, because I want to beat you up. But oh, I, yeah. 
that's for stealing my joke. <laughs> but no, seriously, it, just, it doesn't work. And time and time again, when I find something wrong with an episode, well, something I don't like about an episode, I go look it up in Memory Alpha or whatever, and it's like, oh, well, Gene thought this would be a better idea to do it. Of course he did. So the thing is, the show really takes off in season three, which we're about to get to, mm-hmm. and it is no accident that they kicked him upstairs at that point. Yeah. That they said, you can be executive producer. You can be the king. What does the king do? Oh, he just stands there and waves. Did, did they make him the king of children? <laughs> they made him the king of everyone. Awesome. He, he had the sweater vest and the crown. And was, he actually looked like a mattress commercial more actually, than anything. really explains that time when he showed up to the show naked. <laughs> and no one would tell him. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a mental picture I needed. That's for getting back at me for stealing a uh, joke. I feel like this is a thread that's going to carry over to our next live show in a few hours. <laughs> well, then we'll have puppets with hammers. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you want to... Yeah, okay. There's a marvelous shot uh, when the Enterprise is finally att- contacted by the Borg that is just a shot of the Borg ship. It just goes on and on forever, and all you can hear is a one electronic voice talking to them. I love the idea that the Borg are basically just... They don't feel the need to have a figurehead or, like, you know, a queen... That I didn't think was a great idea, but I really, you know, we rather than going on about how they got ruined later and watered yeah. down later, I think we should focus. There'll on be how time cool, for that when we how get cool to the episode. they are right now, which it, is very. It's so cool, and there's also a shot when uh, when uh, the, when Riker and Data and Worf are exploring the the ship, and uh, it just it cuts from them standing on like a balcony. It just keeps panning. Oh, back. there's a there is a huge get, zoom where you get these scaffolding. You and get this incredible yeah. sense of the scale of this thing, and I mean, you get shots of. You get this incredible shot of uh, just the thing stretching back forever. And, like, you really get the scale of the ship. There's a part, you know, you see the Enterprise outside and, you know, the cube's kind of dwarfing it. But, like, you know, you see that ship all the time. It's not a big deal. Seeing people on this thing just as it stretches out forever is so fucking cool. Yeah, and good. The weird thing is we keep thinking and we, we keep realizing that early on in the show, the, the effects were going to suck. Like, no, they got a budget later. They got better later. It was really impressive, yeah, and we keep are... being surprised. Yeah. I think those Blu-rays are going to be gorgeous when they finally come out because there's some nice oh, totally. optical effects on the show. That, and a lot of the practical effects. Like I'm sure that was probably just a model, but mm-hmm. it looked fantastic. Yep. And it helps that it's a simple design, and building a model of just a cube is yep. super easy. But uh, The effects in general. Unless you're Bob are... and you have a 3D printer. But... Uh, <laughs> The, no, the effects in general are really good. Like that, the scene when they're taking that big chunk out of the ship, awesome. Oh god, yeah, and it's creepy as hell because we've been watching the ship for a year and a half, uh-huh. and suddenly they cut in and just take it. The only thing that that they could have had could have had was a guy falling off. <laughs> well, Abrams did enjoy that attention, and then to bouncing off when... one of the Enterprise's propellers. <laughs> I I just I absolutely love. At this point, the Borg. Yeah. I love like and I, yeah, a Star Trek fan loves the Borg. Big deal. Whoop-de-shit, but really, no. it's <laughs> it's it's such a cliche. Well, obviously they're cool, but it's such a neat idea, especially now. Like you say, there's no leader. No, they're all just one single mind. At this point, they don't even assimilate yet. It's just yeah. they just want your technology. They're going to steal just... your stuff and just run off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I love the idea. I love that. When they need to repair, they all shut down and, yep. I don't know, concentrate real hard. I don't really understand how that works. They all applaud. They, w- so. they wish to be better. <laughs> but they get this great shot of the ship repairing itself, and you see panels sort of yeah, coming there's back like together. And, and, yeah, and knitting each other together. And it just it looks really cool. And it's such a different, weird 
alien yeah. idea that is so cool and different than I mean, anything we've the, seen before. That's the thing. We've been watching Trek for oh, like a few years mm-hmm. of their time now, and we've seen tons of aliens, and they're all almost always dudes with two legs, two arms, and mm-hmm. this is something we've never seen before. This well, I mean, is, they are dudes with two legs and two arms, but they are there's some but there, an element to it is incredible. Like there's no yet. there's no guy you can banter with. Nope. There's no like you can't just sort of talk this guy into a logic puzzle so his brain explodes. All they could do at the end was just beg to be saved. And that's one time when I don't give a shit that it's a deus ex machina because they are really completely out of options. Well, and it helps that the deus ex machina brought them there in the first well, place. Well, yes. It's not like, oh, by the way, we just invented this magic guy who can send them away. He's been there the whole time. Yes. So that, that made it okay. And it, like, it really makes it worrying for when we get to bust both worlds in a year or so and these guys are coming and we're fucked. Yep. And that was, I mean, we'll talk about this when we get to that yeah. one. That was, I think, the only missed opportunity in that episode was you don't really see, they say they destroyed 30 ships or whatever, but uh-huh. you just see, like, a couple of models yeah. wrecked, and it's just not not the same. Um, but, yeah, the, the fact that they are, at every turn, bested. There's not yeah. one moment where they manage to outsmart them or come up with a weapon yeah. that can defeat them. Or, they are just outclassed, and they're, and that's the whole point. Q's whole point is you're not ready. No. There's stuff out in space that you can't handle. You, got, you, you think you can negotiate with these guys. You think your Oop. superior firepower can defeat them. You're No. Sorry. There is, yeah. Now, if you excuse me, I have lounging to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, we need to talk about that. Oh, my he, God. Q, I, we, I mean, Q obviously is, again, not a big uh, news flash. Q is great on Star Trek. Yeah. Most people know that. But John Delancey, he, just, he gets these great comedic moments. There's a bit, Matt, I'm going to get uncomfortably close here for a second. There's a bit where he's taunting Picard in oh, honey. the shuttle, and he's like, "You're not ready, Picard." And he's like, <laughs> "If Picard had hair, you would see it moving." That's how close. Really he is. uncomfortably warm. I know. That's what I mean. And they do a nice close-up yeah. where you just see both their heads. He does. He's actually behind him. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't really make that work. But it's, it's like, gee, what do you step back? Dude. Yeah, no. And he spends the entire episode like he does. He goes back to that sort of thing from the second episode he was in where he, they think it's dating. He turns around. And oh, he keeps replacing guys. And yeah. then the guys he replaces move somewhere else. Yeah, but there's this part where they, they show him the scene for maybe a couple of minutes and suddenly one of the, one of the background guys turns around and it's Q and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there, but there's a great bit where they're on the bridge of the Enterprise and there's that sort of horseshoe the, thing the that comes around. Thing. Like, you know, Picard's here and then behind him is Worf and there's this railing. And he spends most of the last act sort of leaning yeah. on the floor <laughs> Against the railing like this, and he's just so no big deal. It's cool. You guys, you guys can handle it, right? I'll just be over here. I'm fine. Yeah, I can bail whenever. But I mean, he gets some good lines, and when we get to my yep. quote, you'll hear one of them. But he also just—he's he's like O'Brien. And we were talking about earlier, where even if you don't give him anything to do, he still just steals the scene, and yep. just—he's such a delight to watch. And he's really creepy. Like, yeah, yes. The first two—the first two episodes of him is just you know. Bad guy, yeah. whatever, and eventually he almost becomes Picard's buddy. There's a bit of that, but there's always an undercurrent of yeah. You know, but I mean, menace. like you look at stuff like Tapestry, was like, hey, Picard, let's uh, let me show you what the world will be like. Oh, if no, no, never he never born. calls him Picard. You're you're giving him more credit than uh, oh, excuse me, Jean-Luc oh, Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc. He always Frenches it up just to <laughs> screw with it. Oh, muffin, <laughs> le muffin, <laughs> oh croissant. But uh, no, in this he's je- like he's creepy. He hangs around in the background. He doesn't like he just. But they walk a great line between what I'm talking about, which mm. is funny, and what you're saying is creepy. Yeah, he does a perfect mix of 
don't mess with this guy, but also you can laugh at the same time. It's yeah. a hard line to walk. Yeah. And I give credit to the writing, but it's mostly Delancey. Yep. He just fucking nails it. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, like I said, I watched this episode five times and I could watch it again if I want. Yep. Like it's, it's just so good. Um, I, we should probably talk about Guinan a little bit. Yeah, no, she was pretty freaking great in this. Going into this, going into Next Gen, Matt was like, I am not looking forward to Pulaski, which has turned out to be true. He just, he cannot stand no. her. Sorry. But he can't tell me why, but he cannot stand her. Apparently, um, I just hate doctors. I guess. That must be it. Which is weird. You're from Canada. I know. Doctors are your friends. <laughs> um, but and he also said, I don't like Guinan. And going back and watching, he's like, I don't know what I was thinking. Guinan's that was a That was a quick fix. Yeah. She was around for like 10 minutes. Like, okay, she's pretty great. I think, I'm not even a big Whoopi Goldberg fan. I think she's talented. I don't think she's really necessarily picked the best things. But she, every time, again, like Delancey, like, like O'Brien, she's just, if there's a scene with her, it's going to be great, yep. even if it's a lousy episode, because yep. she's, she's just so good. Well, my thing had always been, I had heard that she had basically gotten on the show because she liked Star Trek, and she had asked. She went, as I recall, there were, there were promo pictures of her with Nichelle Nichols, uh-huh. and the whole angle was, uh, I, as a young, girl, a young black girl growing up, you really showed me the possibilities and blah, 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 which yeah. is cool, Nichelle Nichols and Takei and... Like all the all the non-white dudes on uh-huh. that show definitely did that in the '60s, and it was nice to see that sort of pay off yeah. in Next Gen. But no, she, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they wrote it for her mm. as like a one-time thing, and they kept her coming but back because she was so good. It worked really well in this, and this is her first episode. Is sort of less than like we go to this person for advice. She features heavily in this one. Well, what, and what's nice is up to this point, she's been okay. We've we fucked Counselor Troy up beyond recognition. Yeah. Like, there's. There's no saving this. She can't help people. We need another character who they can come to for advice mm. now. The bartender. That's yeah, it. there we go. They were watching Cheers. I guess. This guy. Get me Ted Danson. <laughs> Put a flat hat on him. Well, we've had Kirstie Alley. And uh-huh. At some point soon, we'll have, um, uh, what's his name? Frazier. Frazier. Woody. Um, Coach. Con. <laughs> Min. Boomhauer. <laughs> um... I, but no, it's 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 great to see her as that, and we've had enough of season two to see her sort of unflappable. She's cool. She'll help you yep. with your problem. And she has this great approach where she makes you figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. Whereas Counselor Troy is like, well, what are you feeling? I don't sense anything. You know, Because that one thing that I'm supposed to be good at, I'm not very good at. Right. <laughs> um, oh, you're going to ride a horse. <laughs> I sense equestrianism. How, how nice for you. <laughs> But no, Guinan always sort of leads people to the answer, uh. which is great. And so we've had enough time setting that up that she's always cool. Mm-hmm. That in this episode where she's just freaked the fuck out, it yeah. actually means something. I mean, starting with Q showing up and we get that they've got a whole thing mm-hmm. and have been apparently known each other for centuries. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. And then the board show up and she just suddenly shuts the fuck up. And just, oh, fuck. Uh, okay, we got to go yeah. now. <laughs> and every time they talk to her, she's just like, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, it's Guinan. fantastic. Guy, what do we do about the board? I just run. run. <laughs> There's a really great moment where uh, it was Riker's idea. Yeah. He says, let's beam over there. They came over here. Let's go beam over there. And she's like, what? <laughs> no. What? No. You're just going to walk around over there? Well, yeah. Why what? not? You know, Riker's like, hey. Why not? <laughs> what up? How you doing? <laughs> hey. I, well, maybe, they've got, maybe they've got ladies I can talk to. <laughs> ladies? That's a pretty nice giant arm with a claw on the end. <laughs> It looked great, rumpled up on my bed. I th- what? <laughs> I think that might be why the queen didn't show up till later. They no. realized. Okay, keep her away from him. Yeah. 
And when they wrote First Contact, they had to keep them like apart. Yeah, that, we that can't just staple skin to him and get him to go away. No, he he will, you know, <laughs> he will relentlessly dog you just like. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, nice fetish suit. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Uh, what else? There's just so I, much I going agree. on. Ever, uh, we, oh, go ahead. we talked about the exploring the Borg ship just before we get off of mm-hmm. that. And I, my only thing about this episode is that it really should not have any oxygen in it. That's true. Like, we get a shot of it, and we sort of pull in. And there's also, like, much later when we do First Contact, there's a great shot of uh, uh, it pulling in through, through the Borg ship up to Picard's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, the Borg ship feels like it should just be completely open to the elements. Like That would have been a nice clo- touch. Nobody for... close the windows. <laughs> well, we go upstairs. And yeah, we, close we go the upstairs, close the windows. But for those of you who missed that, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about beaming down to the planet, and Matt, I, I don't know, it just came out. Like, he was, it just, like, off the top of his head, well, they go downstairs, and they... Downstairs, how do you think a transporter downstairs works? Downstairs to the planet. Okay, so you disappear, and you appear on a big metal staircase, and you just walk down. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they I used to be able to take the elevator, but it's broken now. <laughs> You're like, they should just call back upstairs to Picard. Yeah. My, what, dinner's ready? <laughs> Bill, tell your friends to put the stuff away and come up for dinner. <laughs> I've ordered a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's Picard. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> It's so great when we can talk back to them now. We don't have that luxury in the podcast. It's great that I can just yell obscenities at them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've been waiting years to do that. <laughs> um, any, anything else? I mean, like I said, there's just every, at the end of every act, it's just like it gets worse and worse and worse, and it's just so great. And yeah. We can't always wrangle comedy out of stuff when we're like, ooh, this is so cool. But that's, yeah. that's part of what we do. I'm sorry. I can't. I don't feel like I should apologize for loving it, but, uh, you know, <laughs> there oh. weren't a lot of jokes. It was just great. Yes. Oh, I forgot my, to do my bad thing. Oh, so um, you did. I had, a hard, I had a hard time picking this. The only thing I could possibly have was they eventually encounter some Borg babies that uh, they keep yeah. in incubators, and they were far too cute to be. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You will is... never hear me say this about babies because you... But no, they took, they, took like, they took like the happiest baby in the world. And, and it then, was happy, too. And they then didn't... they hot glued a couple of things to its face. <laughs> okay. So what we've established is salad fingers creepy, uh-huh. board prosthesis cute. Yes. <laughs> I've learned so much about I'm a my complicated today, individual. Uh, any, any, no, that's... Like I said, we could go on and on, but... No, I will, I will end on cute babies. Very well. My quote is just, like I said, again, not funny, just, just Q being badass and really sort of summing up what happens. Here, do the thing. I understand what you've done here, Q. But I think the lesson could have been learned without the loss of 18 members of my crew. If you can't take a little bloody nose, maybe you ought to go back home and crawl under your bed. It's not safe out here. It's wondrous. With treasures to satiate desires both subtle and gross. But it's not for the timid. That's just in in the mouth of just about any other actor. That would have sounded so stupid. Yep. But he just sold that so. Yeah. Much. I lo- and I just the, under the bed Fucking thing in particular is so great. Yeah. There's another thing where he's uh, when he first sends them to them, and he's like, um, the hall has been rented. The, the orchestra. Band, yeah, the orchestra's been hired. Now it's time to see if you can dance. Yeah. And it's just... Well, but that's been in the back of my head about this. Yeah. <laughs> the room has been rented. The suit has been bought. 
it's time to see if I can podcast. Yep. <laughs> Turns out I can. Yeah, no vomit yet. <laughs> at all. Take that cue. Yeah. <laughs> Asshole. He just appears in the back. Oh, so you think you can podcast, huh? <laughs> He's not impy. Let's see if we can podcast to the board. <laughs> He's not springy, Matt. <laughs> no springs. <laughs> All right. So you think you're a podcaster, huh? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you get that wish. Oh, good. Thanks. <laughs> that was really easy. Uh, any, any further business on this? No, I think we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now say your thing. See you, folks. <laughs> the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham, copyright 2012. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.